0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
3: Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates.
0: This week's episode of Do Go On is brought to you by me, Matt Stewart, and my show is coming up in Hobart at the Fringe at the End of the World Festival. On the ninth and tenth of January, and you can get tickets for that via MattShewartComedy.com as well as the Brisbane Comedy Festival in March from the tenth to the fifteenth. And you can get tickets to that at MattShewartComedy.com with the discount code podcast. It's pretty cool. (laughs) Anyway, on with the show.
4: Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnieke and I'm sitting here for this little introduction with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello.
3: Hello. Sorry, actually, we're in England, so we should give a proper English greeting. Hello. Hello. Oh. Hello. Damn, Hello.
4: Now, are the two of you feeling pretty Christmassy this week?
0: Oh, the bells are jing jingling and I'm ring ring a ding a ding. I'm
4: ting ting tingling. Mm-hmm. I've got to go see a doctor.
0: I can't believe we're experiencing Christmas in the wintertime, sort of, or well, pre-Christmas in the pre time. That's right. It's,
4: oh, man, they know how to do Christmas here, don't they, with the lights, oh, I love it. the camera, the action. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: Hollywood on the Gold Coast all over again.
4: No, it is. It, it, <laughs> it's
3: got, I mean, it's got very little to do with it. None. In fact, <laughs> nothing to do with it.
4: But yeah. no, there are Santas and lights and stuff everywhere all over England and uh, in Dublin when we were there as well, very Christmassy, so we appreciate that. And them. Scotland. Oh yes, they
0: know had a Christmas up there. And
3: by the time we get home, it'll be very Christmassy in Melbourne.
0: Yeah. Yes, it's just, I don't know. if You'll for some see. Reason, it doesn't now feel the I'm same. that I'm a British slash Irish Christmaser, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this summery Christmas. I like it like we do up here, traditionally. Yeah. Up here, like the real Christmas. Yeah, just how Santa
4: intended. Yeah. Damn right. Now, so what you're about to hear is actually our annual Krishmish special episode recorded live in London. Thank you so much for everyone that did come along and spread the Christmas cheer. Oh, what a cheerful
0: time it was.
3: Huge shows, lovely energy. We had a wonderful time. Good
4: looking people. Oh
3: my god, the people How do we
4: do that? How do we attract such hotties?
0: We attract such attractive people. I yes. think it's just because uh opposites attract. Yep. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I was really gonna
0: <laughs> You're gonna go the opposite way. Yeah, I was, yeah.
3: just for once. Yeah, I
4: thought I was I was with you Jess until Matt came out with the truth and <laughs> it was funny and yet painful.
3: Yeah. 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 Yeah, those things always are. Yeah. Anyway, that's not a thing. So from these uggos to you, beautiful people.
0: So hot. So hot.
3: You're listening to this. You're hot. As a rule, you're hot.
0: It's not. That's
3: not what defines you. No. It's not the most important thing about you. Certainly not. But far from it. It's an absolute bonus. Yeah. You've got an amazing personality. You're smart. But it's just you're kind.
0: Sex appeal. Yeah, in a
3: hot bow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a gift wrapped in a sexy bow. Oh,
0: it's like pass the parcel. So many layers. But
3: they're all good. They're all good. There's a gift in each layer.
0: Yeah. What's it going to be? Who knows? What's it going to be? it going be we something
3: great though. Something sexy. Something
0: sexy. <laughs> something cool.
3: Yeah. Something crazy. Cool, sexy, yeah, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we
4: should let them listen to the show. That's right. So what you're about to hear is the live episode, and we'll be back at the end with our famous Patreon read. Our thank yous to some of the people that support the show on Patreon. But until then, enjoy this episode recorded live in London, and let's say Merry
0: Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Why you there, boy? What day is it today? Why, it's Christmas Day! Oh fucking hell! Well, then we should be out there doing a podcast for Christmas. Please make Welcome to the Stage as much as a day from Dugo. Oh! Okay, subtle hint there. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: that must have been here at the first show. <laughs> well, oh. fuck you.
1: <laughs> Thank
0: you Tom. Yeah, Tom. So did I? Sorry, did I ask you to get me that?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, Thank fine. you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for that.
1: Oh. I
4: won't, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to get just this backup microphone? Yeah, maybe. I'll be back.
0: Ah, yes. All part part of the plan. (laughs) I sabotage, Jess. Hey! How about this uh, one? All right, yeah. yeah. Why why don't you uh, stand and tell me all about... Oh, no. Oh, no, she's regained her power. Yeah, fucker! (laughs) Oh, no, she's back! She's back!
4: Oh, my goodness. So great to see you all here on this special day of
0: days. The Christmas special! Yeah! So exciting. This is our third annual live Christmas show. The first one, obviously, in Brisbane, which is like the London of Australia. And the <laughs> second one true. was in London, which is like the London of America. And then <laughs> this year, we're doing one for the first time in London, which is like the London of the place we're in right now. So, yeah. You pumped up? <laughs> you pumped up with Christmas joy. Uh, to each and all, Good night. <laughs>
4: Yeah, didn't quite nail that. Um...
3: <laughs> to each and all, good
0: night. I've gone early there, I think.
4: <laughs> no, we are stoked to be here. This is uh, a very Christmassy country, I've got to say. Oh yeah. Last night Jess and I, uh, Matt went. We saw Matt do his stand-up show. Some of, <laughs> of you may have been there. And then afterwards, uh, Matt went to see a fantastic comedian, Stuart Lee. And whilst you were doing that, Jess and I went on a little date where we went and saw some Christmas lights here.
3: Yeah, it was cute as shit. Oh,
4: <laughs> what a beautiful city for Christmas lights.
3: Honestly, the vibe was nicer with just us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre to me that that surprises you. but
3: uh, <laughs> Look, We well, should do that more, Dave. Yes,
0: it was so, so nice. I'm trying really hard not to be an asshole, so... And it's tough. It is, uh, it's it tough is when you tease me like this I oh, know,
3: sorry, I'm just tempting you um, No, we do have a nice time But yeah, God, they do Christmas well here, don't they? They do it well
4: Yes, and you also
0: do festive bakes at Greg's quite well <laughs> Can I just uh, say <laughs> uh, <laughs> Has London become a Greg's town? I thought you were pretty pussies
4: <laughs> <laughs> I had a turkey and ham sandwich from Pred as well I, I love them all Love them all.
3: So you're a pretty pussy.
4: 100%.
0: (laughs) Pretty pussy is funny. (laughs) I didn't get how funny what I said was until Jess said it. (laughs) She added a certain, how do you say... Je ne sais quoi.
4: Now we are here for the Krishmish special. Uh, Give us a round of applause if you were at our earlier show, but an hour ago. (laughs)
3: Thank you. This front section. Yeah.
4: Uh, Can I just say, the rest of you missed some pretty hot stuff. Pretty, pretty sexy. But you are here in time for the Christmas special. So just to make everyone as a crowd, give me a round of applause if you've ever heard our show before.
3: It is a genuine relief every time. One day it'll be the other way around, and we'll go, okay.
0: Yeah, what would they be doing here, though?
3: Um, uh, Admin error. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I think they're at some sort of convention. Um, give us a round of applause pause, the other end of the scale. If you've never heard this show before, few people, few? always few. tentative.
4: There's always people pointing too. I know. This idiot. It's like they're not an idiot. They're just um, an idiot. Yeah. They're uneducated. <laughs> Also known as an idiot. No, thank you so much for being here for the first ever time. You've come at the most wonderful time of the year for a Christmas special. What we do here at, at the show is um, not be close to each other at all, as you can see. And uh, we take it in turns to report on a topic often suggested by a listener of the show. And because it is our Christmas special, we have uh, decided to each do a mini-topic on the subject of something Krishmishy. And I believe, Matthew Stewart, you... I've elected
0: to go first. I'm, yeah, I'm unofficially the most Christmassy of the three.
3: Unofficially.
0: Oh, officially. I but imagine. I am the oh, f- festive, festive boy. Festive boy. All right. But he actually okay. doesn't give a fuck about it. <laughs> no. I love Christmas. Baby Jesus is my best friend.
3: It's <laughs> 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 so weird because you're an old man. <laughs> <laughs> um, this baby is my best friend. <laughs> They're like, you, I knew you wouldn't understand. <laughs>
4: Are you the only one older than Jesus?
1: <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: Je- Jesus is but a boy to you. He's but a boy. <laughs> he was always a boy to you. Yes. Baby Jesus was always a boy to me. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, it, uh, it felt weird coming out of my face too. There you go. Alright, so... if uh, you don't know the show. We get on the topic with a question. So my question is to you two. Mm. And if they don't get it, maybe you can help them out. Because they won't get it. Um, <laughs> oh, I reckon I'm feeling pretty machine. Okay. What American town in Indiana is Christmassy by name and by nature? Oh. <laughs> Christmasville. <laughs> it's cl- close-ish? Gary. Gary is a beautiful <laughs> suggestion. <subject. laughs> Gary is a very
4: festive town as well, we hear. Lots of uh, festive murders, we've been told.
0: It's the festive murder capital. (laughs) And also the rest of the year. Yeah, that's
4: right.
0: They they just sort of spin that as their tourism slogan. So the the name of this town is very Christmassy. Yes, it is. It is Santa Claus, Indiana.
3: There's a place called Santa Claus?
0: Yes, in our hearts, it does exist. And also...
3: (laughs) also, Are you all right? (laughs) You love it alright, that's how I express love too every morning I roll over and I see my beautiful partner and I go ah.
4: and then he wakes up also screaming um, but not out of love just terror, just terror so
0: so Santa Claus is the actual name of this place Santa Claus, Indiana awesome real place Let me tell you about it. Please. This this topic was suggested by Michelle Azevedo from Brisbane, Australia. Ah,
3: that's where we're from. She's She's a stand-up comedian.
0: She hand-delivered this suggestion to my Facebook inbox. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I realised halfway through that what I was saying was a lie, but I think I saved it. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, in the 1850s, Santa Fe, Indiana, was a small farming settlement of German immigrants. It grew to the size where they could apply for a post office, and their application included the name Santa Fe, which is what they were known as at the time, which I probably said twice already.
3: You have to wa- apply to get a post office? Apparently, back in the where day... Where do you f- fill that o- application?
4: <laughs> uh, just head down to your local post... office. Op- oh.
0: oh, dear. <laughs> Unfortunately for them, uh, their application was rejected as there was already another Indianan town of Santa Fe mm. a few miles away. And they oh. didn't... They didn't know. Didn't know. Well,
3: they didn't know a post office. How do they know anything?
0: According to local legend, which apparently is a myth, but anyway, the town <laughs> had a meeting to come up with a new name and has told on the town's website, quote, it was a cold December night in this small rural area. The townsfolk were gathered in a small Log Church. Is that where they pray to logs? We
3: worship log.
0: Blessed be thy log. Baby log is my best friend. (laughs) Several names were tossed around, but nothing seemed to uh, be the right fit. Children were running around playing while the adults were in deep discussion about the name. The children
3: weren't taking the discussion seriously. I know. (laughs) Little shits. Unbelievable.
0: Suddenly, a gust of wind blew open the church doors and the sound of sleigh bells drifted inside. Uh, I
2: reckon this happened.
0: (laughs) The children ran to the door and shouted, Santa Claus, Santa Claus! (laughs) And that's the town's origin story. (laughs) They went, oh, yes, Santa Claus. Interesting. So they... They applied for a post office again with the name of Santa Claus, and this time they were accepted. um, In on May twenty-first, eighteen fifty-six. Good year. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Almost as soon as the new post office was set up, they started receiving children's letters addressed to Santa
3: Claus. Oh. 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 But that's not where he is. It's not going to get to him. Oh no! Oh, oh man! What's going to happen to the
1: letters? So that was in
0: 1856. I think they just put him in the bin. No! <laughs> oh,
4: it's probably a big bin as well. Oh, yeah. oh big, no! Big
0: sack of
1: Shut a bin. Up. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: Many decades later, in 1914, though, oh. they went in a bit of a different direction when the town's 14th postmaster, James Martin, started responding to some of the mail as Santa. So decades went by and people kept saying, <laughs> "No one it. thought of that." No. What a pain in the ass! Is this guy responding to
4: every letter as Santa? So you send a letter to your your wife, and he just <laughs> writes back, "Hello, Mary." <laughs> It's Santa here!
0: What the fuck? It became a big tradition in the town with uh, James Martin. He'd spend a lot of time each year with with helpers replying to these uh, letters as Santa. And in 1930, Robert Ripley from Ripley's Believe It or Not featured the town and James Martin in a story and this led to an increase in mail received by the town. (laughs) Do you believe it? (laughs) Or not? (laughs) That one's pretty believable, I reckon. There's a guy in this town who's replying to letters of Santa. Believe it or not? (laughs) I believe it. I believe that. In 1935, the Curtis Candy Company supported and sponsored the town's first themed attraction called Santa's Candy Castle. This site was called Santa Claus Town and also included a toy village.
3: Santa Claus Town. Yeah. They couldn't think of anything better.
0: There was a committee who came up with that, I reckon. And that was pretty
3: Santa Claus Town.
0: According to the YouTube channel Defunct Land, a man named Milton Harris came up with this idea and he leased the land to set it all up. His thought was to create a place where kids could play while their parents bought gifts. The spirit of Christmas. (laughs) Despite the town's population of less than 100 people, over 7,000 people turned up for the park's opening. Oh, wow. That was was like 70 times? Is that 70 times?
4: What was the numbers again?
0: 7,000 turned up to a town of 100. 70 times, 70 times. I (laughs) fucking got it. (laughs) I won't let everyone know that I was trying to go for a comically wrong answer and <laughs> accidentally stumbled on the correct one. Oh, no, Did you almost fall off the stage?
4: Yeah, yeah, I nearly, f- I nearly fell. That's why I was distracted because I nearly died. <laughs> no biggie.
3: Mate, could you be a little more professional, please? Sorry, sorry. Even if you're about to die. Get <laughs> in the game.
4: Yeah, okay. Die with a smile on my face.
1: Yeah, that's
3: right.
4: Yeah, I know what smiling looks like, Okay.
0: (laughs) Harris wasn't the only one who had thought to cash in on the town's name, though. That same year, businessman Carl Barrett built a 22-foot statue of Santa Claus, as well as what he called the Santa Claus Park, which was like a a Santa Claus park. (laughs) On top of this, he also bought the land that Harris was leasing basically attempting to kill off his competition. So he sort of he bought the land from underneath the competitor. That was clear. I just said it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no regret there, sir. I stand by everything I've said so like, far. They're
3: desperate for it, though. <laughs> like, Come on, let us say it.
0: <laughs> I want to there it too. You can't. You can't. I can't. I've tried to regret it in the mirror and I can't do it.
1: <laughs> this led to lengthy
0: legal action which would last for years, with each man trying to stop the other from running a Christmas theme park and thus giving the winner a monopoly. In the meantime, both men ran their individual Santa Claus attractions, one under the name Santa Claus Inc., the other it really took me by surprise
1: so he made
3: his trademark laugh (laughs) 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 you know, classic Dave
0: so one man named his Santa Claus Inc the other Uh, named his Santa Claus of Santa Claus Inc
4: (laughs) there's so many names
3: yeah, that's shit
0: In 1940, the Supreme Court of Indiana handed down its judgement, which led to both men being able to keep running their parts. Basically meaning both men won, which also meant both men lost. And they
4: wasted the Supreme Court's time talking about that.
0: Yeah. I own Christmas. (laughs) Nah, you don't. In 1941, America joined the Second World War, bringing a halt to the momentum of both men's theme parks. Oh,
1: the
4: only victim of World War II. (laughs) (laughs) It was a tough time for
0: some. Two men. Two men. That same year, a man named Louis J. Cock. (laughs) Or Koch. K-O-C-H. Cock. Cock. Yeah, cock.
3: No, he was just calling you a cock. (laughs) It's kosh. (laughs) It's cock.
0: That same year, a man named Louis J. Cock from Evansville, Indiana, visited the town and was disappointed to find that there wasn't a Santa Claus in Santa Claus for the visiting children to sit on the knee of.
3: None of them thought <laughs> to have a Santa Claus there.
0: What
4: are they doing in the Santa Claus
3: ink? Santa, Santa, uh, Santa Claus was implied, <laughs> but it was not present. They had a
0: huge statue, one of them, of a Santa Claus, but no man in a suit. What? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, Santa Claus has some helpers, and they uh, dress up Uh, In some towns, but he's definitely real Uh,
4: Just last week I got the Facebook anniversary Ten years since I first ever dressed up as
0: Santa For Christmas Oh, Can you quickly tell that story? It's fucking so sad
4: (laughs) (laughs) The the question is, which one?
3: I think just the fact that
4: Dave was a
0: Santa Claus Ten
4: years younger Ten years younger than this, I was Santa Claus
0: Why? They didn't have a suit big enough, small enough for you.
4: Oh yeah, uh, one the year after I I did two Christmases in a row, and I uh, they only had the extra large Santa suit, and I usually wore the extra small Santa suit. When I got to the Christmas party, my pants fell down. And then at the end they refused to pay. I wonder
0: why. Because Santa had his dick out. Because Santa had his Lewis J. Cocker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good memories. Good memories. Love Christmas. Love it. I remember it being sad, but I forgot your pants fell down. <laughs> That's brutal, man. Sorry to bring that up in public. Thank you. <laughs> so, Cock came to town, and he... Are you he... still talking about me at the party? Or... <laughs> he, was, he was disappointed to find there was no Santa. This disappointment led to Cock being the third businessman to set up a Santa Claus-based theme park in Santa Claus, Indiana, a town with 100 people. (laughs) 100 people, but three Santa Claus theme
1: parks. (laughs) Why?
0: He bought 260 acres of farmland, and uh, though his plans were also slowed by the war, so a third victim... (laughs) About time. (laughs) On August... (laughs) On August the 3rd, 1946, his dream became a reality when Santa Claus Land opened, which is different than the other names, I forget how, but it is.
3: It was Santa Claus Town, and I don't remember the other.
0: Santa Claus Park. Santa Claus Inc. Yeah, well this one's Santa Claus Land.
4: That sounds good. I'd go there. And I'd pull my pants up. it It was a horrible moment for all of us. Mostly the children, but... uh...
0: (laughs) Oh, that is full on. (laughs) (laughs) So he bought the land, he opened Santa Claus land, but arguably this became the first themed amusement park in the world. (laughs) There were obviously already theme parks there were already amusement parks. (laughs) But (laughs) this, and it says it on its website and others, this was the first themed amusement park. (laughs) Finally brought the two together. It was pre-Disneyland and those sort of things. You're wrong. (laughs) And you're a killjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off, it's Christmas. (laughs) I thought, just quickly, why am I wrong? (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. Reasons. Reasons. Well, it's hard to argue oh, with that. Oh, big man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Guy behind you is doing this.
0: I'm <laughs> not I'm so confused. Um, but I believe I won that battle and it feels good. <laughs> Any other challenges? <laughs> When the park opened, attractions included a miniature circus, a house of dolls, a restaurant, and, most importantly, Santa Claus himself. Oh, my God. They got the real one. And you could visit him all year round. It was a -a 12-month-a-year theme park (laughs) called Santa Claus Land. You could go visit him in Feb. Ruari, or whatever that month's called.
3: (laughs)
1: That's a brutal
0: one to say out loud.
3: Why did I choose choose it? it? I should (laughs) have
0: gone March. I can say that. April. April's fine. June. June. I can do May, July. The only one, (laughs) if if I'm being honest, that I cannot say (laughs) confidently is February. (laughs) (laughs) So how the fuck did I land on it anyway? According to mentalfloss.com, the park Santa was, quote, uh, played by a man named Jim Yellick. For close to four decades. Yellow earned a spot in the real thing, International Santa Claus Hall of Fame. I'm, in, I'm in there, I'm in there. Hall of Shame! He was included for his trusty portrayal of the portly celebrity and is thought to have had over a million kids sit on his knee during his tenure beat that day. (laughs) I really hope that you can't beat that day. Yeah, it's it's more of a pants-on job, that (laughs) one. In 1955, the park continued to evolve, adding a new area of the park called the Pleasureland Rides section. I'm listening. I don't know what it involved, but it sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) That same year, future American President Ronald Reagan visited the park. Later that year, uh, he was he was present at the opening of the Disneyland park in California, huh. which we talked about on a previous episode. Lewis Cock's son Bill Bill Cock wanted <laughs> to take his dad's dream Willy even Cock. further. Willie Cock, all <laughs> <laughs> Wony, <Warnie>, who knows? <laughs> you can get away with more in England. I reckon they would, have, they would have taken me out the back and shot me in Australia if I <laughs> attempted that. Uh, but you were more civil... Syllab- <laughs> sorry, say again? <laughs> they're, more civil- they're more civil... They're more civil... You know that. Everyone knows they're more civil over here. Uh, Willie Cock saw room to expand Santa Claus Land even further. In 1958, he opened a camp across the ground Campground across the road <laughs> I better really get through these last couple of paragraphs To cash in on the area's tourism In 1960 Bill married Patricia Yellig You might know that uh, name It was the daughter of Jim Yellick, A.K.A. Four Decade Santa Claus oh. Hall of Famer oh. Beautiful, a beautiful moment I'm sure Imagine Santa giving you away <laughs> It's the dream Later that decade, Bill, or Willie, started planning on building a new suburb for the tiny town. It's still a tiny little su- uh, city, town. And he's like, let's build a suburb onto this. <laughs> this one horse town. Um, his wife, Pat, told him he was crazy, asking, why would anyone want to live in Santa Claus? <laughs> Which is pretty full on, because she was living in Santa Claus. And so was Willie. <laughs> it was like a subtle hint that Willie didn't take there. This didn't stop him. He bought up farmland, and according to Menofloss, he worked with local authorities to create the groundwork for a subdivision featuring street names like Chestnuts by the Fire Drive. <laughs> <laughs> it rolls off the tongue.
1: <laughs>
0: the plan came to fruition, and, in Christmas, uh, and Christmas Lake Village opened in 1966. Uh, that's same year, actually the Saints, and the, <laughs> the AFL won, the, won the, their one and only premiership.
1: I Wait, where
0: only... are we? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Only one main event. <laughs> one main event in that year. I know another shit football team won another thing. I forget who.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Willie was vindicated in his dream, though. Are there actually sports people in tonight? That never happens in our live shows. <laughs> Eagles! <laughs> e- eagle. Eagles. Oh, uh, yes, eagle to you too. <laughs> Willie was vindicated in his dream, believe it or not. He built this uh, new village and it was a big success and remains an upscale gated community today with around 2,000 residents.
2: What? Wow. M- it,
0: it worked. Billy, you mad man. <laughs> in the 70s, they started adding more the thrilling roller coaster rides to the park to keep up with trends and in 1984, Santa Claus Land diversified. Uh-huh. By then... People didn't just want Christmas all year round, apparently, so they reopened as Holiday World. We do all the great holidays. It, it kept their Christmas section, but they also added theme sections for Halloween and Fourth of July. So you could celebrate Fourth of July all year round. Even in February. By 1990, Bill passed the leadership of the park on his son, William, uh, Willy Koch. Making making him the third generation of cock to rule over the park. <laughs> Within a few years of his appointment, in nineteen ninety-three, a water park was added. In two thousand and six they added a Thanksgiving section of the park. And the park still successfully operates today as Holiday World and Splash and Safari.
1: <laughs>
0: where Sanders still makes daily appearances. That's the end of my report. I've just got one fun fact. I looked at there's a page which has all their, all their rides on it. My favourite one of all of them was a ride called Gobbler's Getaway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's my important thanks so much. Gobbler's
0: Getaway. I've been chuckling to myself for weeks about that. Gobbler's Getaway. So good to get that out in the open. Sorry, sir? Willie's Wet Dream. Willie's Wet Dream. Have you not
3: learnt from him?
0: (laughs) Mate, keep rolling the dice, I reckon. (laughs) I liked it. Willie's Wet Dream is fun. But is it any sort of Gobbler's Getaway? (laughs) Why try to improve on perfection? (laughs) Well that's something that Billy Cock did and I, I see you were inspired by that well done and I'll stop talking now
3: <laughs> one more time for Matt Stewart everybody
4: alright team it's time for a bit more Krishmish, and that is uh, this is actually a sequel topic can you believe this is a spin off
3: That's going to... I mean, we will need to remember something we've done before in order to guess this What if I told
4: you it was about five days ago? Oh.
3: Nah. Would
4: would they know about it then? They'd know about it. You three! My question is, I mentioned this topic during my Dublin report on the Hugh Lane painting robbery, which is our most recent episode at the time of recording. I definitely did not remember that. (laughs) My question is What was stolen from Westminster Abbey on Christmas Day 1950? A painting. A Christmas painting. It was not a Christmas painting. Christmas sculpture. <laughs> the baby Jesus. It's, oh. it's kind of. It is the kind of. Nativity
0: scene. <laughs> no. The Michelangelo. T- chucked. Does,
4: any... <laughs> Does anyone have any idea? Gary, it is the stone of Skirn and or <laughs> The yes. Stone of Scone. The Stone of Scone or the Stone of Scone. Whoa. Two options here. Uh, pick your, your favourite one there. I did mention this very briefly in my uh, Dublin report. And... Um,
3: <laughs> no idea.
0: No recollection nah. of that at all.
4: Mainly so I could create this magical moment right now.
3: <laughs> can you feel the energy? Oh, yeah. can, can we blame jet lag back then?
0: Yes. And now? I hope so.
3: Thank oh, God. Jet lag. We call jet lag. Do you remember
0: the bone in whiskey? Do I remember the boning in whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> Only too well. I wish I could forget it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My report is of the, uh,
4: the Christmas Day robbery of the Stone of Scone. Uh, the Stone of Scone, also known as the Stone of Destiny. How good does that sound? Like it's a that. stone that for centuries was associated with the crowning of Scottish kings. According to Britannica, it's a rectangular block of pale yellow sandstone, quote, almost certainly of Scottish origin. <laughs> got to love Britannica, they fact check everything. Uh, this re- rectangular block sits on two other blocks, so it looks a little bit like a tiny piece of stonehenge. Okay. If you want to imagine that. Which makes me think of Spinal Tap and I laugh a lot. Uh, it weighs 336 pounds or 152 kilos, so it's quite hefty. And it only has one decoration on it, which is a Latin cross. It's a pretty plain-looking thing. According to one Celtic legend, the stone was once the pillow upon which the patriarch Jacob rested at Bethel when he beheld the visions of angels. We all remember that. (laughs) It then purportedly went on a journey travelling from the Holy Land through Egypt, Sicily and Spain and reached Ireland about 700 BC where the ancient kings of Ireland were crowned. But then it was taken by the Celtic Scots who invaded and occupied Scotland around uh, 840. It was taken to the Scottish village of Scone. So that's where it became the Stone of Scone. Look, if you are going to correct me every time, it's not going to (laughs) help. But in 1292, Edward I, the King of England, invaded Scotland and stole the stone and took it to London. You bastards. (laughs) You
0: You bastardish dogs you know that I'm like one-quarter Scottish. And Italian. Oh, well, actually, probably a bit more Swiss Italian. (laughs) Swiss Italian. Pretty fancy Italian, actually. (laughs) So, wait, when was this? Uh, 1292,
4: Edward I took it. And he knew of the stone's significance and he took it to Westminster Ah. Abbey. And in 1307, he built a special throne with a place for the stone underneath it. So a throne for the scone of stone. Uh, this wooden throne was called the Coronation Chair, and English and later British monarchs have been crowned inside London Westminster Abbey there ever since.
0: What a thing that they stole from Scotland. Yeah. Fuck I hate this country. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
0: but I mean it should also be I <laughs> You have stolen a, a few bits and pieces, haven't you?
3: Land. It's almost your
0: thing, isn't it? <laughs> Uh,
4: So the stone sat there for centuries after
0: that. History.com
4: tells us the Stone of Scone was secretly buried underneath the historic abbey for safekeeping during World War II and a plan for locating it was sent to the Canadian Prime Minister. So you sent a little treasure map for the Canadian Prime Minister.
0: That dreamboat Trudeau. Has he found it?
4: He hasn't found it yet. Uh, It survived the war unscathed.
0: I mean, there's, there's someone setting the pace over here. <laughs> if we could all lift. <laughs> if we could just
4: get the mic to drop from the ceiling in front of you, that would be that would be very good for our egos. Uh, so I was in Westminster Abbey for centuries and was involved in dozens of coronations, including James I, the Scottish king, that also became the king of England and Ireland. But some Scots never stopped viewing the stone as being stolen property. Yeah, I'm one of those Because it was,
3: Scots. yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Cut to 1950, where four rebellious students decided to do something about it.
3: He's not listening to anything else. He's <laughs> just waiting for
1: years. Yeah. Is, is Good
0: Is this story filling anyone else with Christmas cheer?
4: <laughs> Mate, we're getting revenge on the English. There's nothing better, more cheerful than that. I don't know what is.
0: We actually do love you a lot, actually, so um, we're just being ironic. (laughs) Or whatever makes it okay. (laughs) So Glasgow University students Ian Hamilton, Alan Stewart. Oh, a Scottish man, I hear.
4: (laughs) Gavin (laughs) Vernon and science teacher Kay Matheson came up with a plot to take back what they thought as belonging to their country.
0: All four members. Why do you reckon they thought that? Is it (laughs) because
4: it was like literally stolen from (laughs) them? (laughs) Uh, all four members were all four were members of the Covenant Movement, which sought home rule for Scotland and the stone as a real symbol for their movement. Their quest was bankrolled by a local businessman and they took two cars down to London. Where I read it took like 17 hours or something, so they must have got lost or something. Uh, They inspected the stone as tourists and then came up with a plan, which, to be honest, wasn't that complex. They went to a tea shop, and Vernon declared that he was eager to, quote, have a bash. (laughs) And everyone agreed they'd just have a go immediately. (laughs) That was the plan. Let's have a crack. So on the late afternoon of December 23rd, 1950, Ian Hamilton returned to the Abbey, where he hid under a trolley. (laughs) The doors to the Abbey were shut at 615 The lights were turned off and Hamilton thought he was alone inside. Quoting from the Daily Telegraph here, quote, Hamilton was caught by a night watchman behind a statue with his shoes in his hands.
1: Why?
3: I
4: don't know, trying to creep around. After some gruff questioning about why he'd allowed himself to be shut in, he was let out with a kindly, Merry Christmas! And they let him go. (laughs) So time to go for plan B. And that plan was the next day, Christmas Eve 1950, They had a chat to the Abbey's archdeacon about the shifts of the security guards and the trusting deacon told them all (laughs) they needed to hear. (laughs) Oh, Bill, yeah, he locks off about 6.30, goes out for a piss. It'd be easy to walk in here and steal anything about 6.35. They're like, thank you so much, archdeacon. (laughs) And late that night, in the very early hours of Christmas morn... There you go, Christmas, I've referenced it. (laughs) The three men jumped a fence that surrounded the builder's yard and then jimmied open the door to the part of the abbey famously known as Poet's Corner. They then pulled down the barrier around the Stone of Scone and tried to remove the stone from underneath the seat by tugging at it. Remember, it weighs over 150 kilos. And they were clearly not experienced removalists and they kept getting in each other's way. (laughs) Eventually, they did get it out from underneath the seat, but they tugged too hard and it hit the ground and broke into two pieces. (laughs) (laughs) So they... (laughs) They it's like centuries old and they're like, we've got to claim this. Oh, fuck, I've broken it.
0: That actually makes it easier to carry them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, They've
3: already got two cars. They've got
0: one for each car. The
4: men placed the larger piece on Hamilton's coat and dragged it down the steps of the high altar. Hamilton picked up the smaller piece and carried it to Kay Matheson, who was waiting outside as the getaway driver. They placed the smaller piece of the stone in the boot and Hamilton got into the front passenger seat. But as Kay started the engine, she saw a policeman's helmet glint in the moonlight and rather than panic, she pulled off what is a sweet, sweet move. If you're in a couple, you're out at night trying to avoid looking suspicious, what do you do? Make out. They made out. They just started
3: making out.
0: What a move.
3: Nothing sus about Nothing, that. Nothing.
0: Oh. Would she just waiting for a moment? Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, no, I, I think I, I a see a police <laughs> officer. We better make out. <laughs> you horny devil, yeah. Kay.
4: Get out, Kay.
3: He was no police officer. <laughs> Again,
4: quoting from the Telegraph, they fell into a clinch which warmed the officer's heart.
0: <laughs> how polite are the English? One of them told him how to steal it, then the cop's like, oh, look at him, stealing it. <laughs>
4: Although it was 5am, he stopped to chat and even offered them cigarettes. You do- Just a lesson out there, you should not stop a couple making out... <laughs> What are you doing in there?
3: What are you doing? He a pervy old man.
4: Apparently they distracted the officer well enough and they pulled another sweet move when they covered up noise from within the abbey by loudly coughing. <laughs> Two spy movie cliches right there. The officer didn't even notice one of the other men walking out of a door of the abbey. They distracted him. The police men um, bid them farewell and they drove away into the night. Hamilton then walked back to the Abbey to meet up with the other two men, and for a time he couldn't see them, so he heaved the heavy stone into the second car all by himself. It was apparently so heavy that the car was on, like, an angle when it was in the boot. And then as soon as he got into the boot, would you believe it, the two other men appeared (laughs) after he'd done all the work. Uh, The alarm was soon raised early on Christmas morn, and a nationwide search for the conspirators began. The border between England and Scotland closed for what was said to be the first time in 400 years. So they took it very seriously. But where did the four Scots go? Well, they all split up. Hamilton and Stuart dumped their piece in a field. I mean, this is something that they respect a lot. They've broken it, now they've thrown it out the window into a field. Um, And uh, Kay uh, Matheson left her car containing the smaller piece with a friend in the Midlands. Hamilton then collected the two pieces at a later date and had them put back together and repaired. And several months later, on April 11th, 1951, he placed the stone on the high altar of the ruined abbey of Abroth. Saying that right? Abroth. Oh, oh.
3: oh, it's scum.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so he was back in Scotland for nearly the first time in a thousand years. All, of, all four of the young Scots were interviewed by the police and all of them except for Hamilton confessed. How do you reckon they tracked him down? It was discovered that they'd checked out every single one of the university library's books on Westminster Abbey. (laughs) And and before that, they had no interest in it, so it was pretty obvious who did (laughs) it. But they were not charged, probably to avoid turning into a political incident, because they wanted to draw attention to the fact that Scotland should be its own country, in their opinion. The Scots were already seen as heroes, and they'd stirred up enough Scottish nationalism, so they achieved their goal. 60, year, 60 years later, Ian Hamilton would say, I did it for Scotland. Now, the stone was again taken from Westminster Abbey in 1996, this time much more legally. British Prime Minister John Major unexpectedly announced that England would return the stone to Scotland and these days it sits at Edinburgh Castle. Apparently, it will be, will be lent back to Westminster Abbey for future royal coronations.
0: That seems like a good deal. Well done, everybody.
4: Yeah, we did it. <laughs> And how about those daring robbers? Well, Hamilton, Hamilton later became a criminal lawyer and said, quote, I've defended a lot of daft people during 30 years as a criminal lawyer, but I doubt very much if I've ever defended anyone who was as daft as we were then. <laughs> According to the Daily Telegraph's obituary of Gavin Vernon, following the Stones' theft, Vernon found that he would never have to buy a beer again at the university, and it took him some time to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them coming. ha <laughs> <laughs> Uh, He died in 2004 at the age of 77 and was well respected throughout the rest of his life. For example, when the stone was returned to Scotland in 1996, he attended the ceremony in Edinburgh. On Christmas Eve, the year 2000, the 50th anniversary of the repossession, Vernon returned to the Abbey, which was specially opened for him with the words, Welcome back, Mr Vernon.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's so good.
4: And that is the the Stone of Scone. (laughs)
3: That was so good. Get up today,
0: Warner Key! Thank you. That had everything. What a gripping tale. And I love it had a happy ending and everything. That was yeah. sick. Great story, Dave. Yeah.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: This show is brought to you by BetterHelp i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for
4: my wedding.
0: That has been stress- <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. That feels a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively and that had been affecting me and that feel, that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry. But I did take the last biscuit.
3: He, that he was saving for his
4: wedding.
0: I didn't know that. <laughs>
4: Dot com slash D G O today to get ten percent off your first month. That's betterhelp H E L P dot com slash D G O.
0: Yeah, well done. Done it again. No pressure on whoever's coming up next. (laughs) (laughs) Well, mine
3: is one that I think they'll they'll enjoy because it's like a um uh it's a cryptid.
0: Oh. A Krishmish cryptid. Yeah, so my
3: question is. Which Canadian creature comes out of its cave every year around Christmas time?
1: Santa! <laughs> 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 Booblade! Is it <this> Booblade? <laughs>
3: Bit of a fake out there for you. Um, yeah, it's Michael Frickin' Buble.
1: Oh my god.
3: His middle name's actually Stephen, um, <laughs> but I'll call him Michael Frickin' Buble. I'm this...
0: glad this didn't go down like Bono in Ireland.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I find out the English for some reason hate Michael Buble. but I tell you who loves him: Australians. <laughs> Oh my god, Australian mums, I should say. Oh my god, he sells millions, millions of copies every year, though. Every guy. year, it's ridiculous. But anyway, that's
0: not. But they've heard of him, even.
3: Yeah, based on the, the people yelling his name and then the cheer when I confirmed that is the topic. Well, they might have
0: been the Australians. Are there any Aussies in? What? Always a few. Yeah,
3: feud. but that was a quiet. Are you not drinking? What's <laughs> What's going on? Is everyone okay? Is there news from back home? <laughs> um, Michael Stephen Bublé. is a little, little bit of a backstory for you. He was born on September 9, 1975 and is a Canadian singer, songwriter, actor and record producer. He was the eldest of three children. He grew up in uh, British Columbia and from a young age he dreamed of being a singer. His interest in jazz began at around age five when his family played Bing Crosby's White Christmas.
0: Oh, the album that he covers every year. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he covered once and sells new every year. It's insane. Anyway. Um, but,
4: oh, but his voice is like... Oh, it's like, honey. Oh, my God.
3: Are you a middle-aged mum? Yeah. Oh. Oh, my God.
4: Boo hmm.
0: I... I I've just remembered, I've seen him in concert.
1: Have you really? (laughs) Uh,
0: Why? uh, An uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine was a bit of a fan, and we were going together, and I had a Bucks party beforehand, which is like, what do they call them here? Stag dude. So I was off my chops. (laughs) And we broke up soon after.
3: (laughs) Were you singing?
0: Oh, yeah, I sang every word. (laughs) Uh, Or what I thought every word was.
3: Just have a deep
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think you no, know, you put on a good show. But it was that was at our like one of our bigger, right? That was at our tennis, tennis. Yeah, massive. where the Melbourne tennis? Australian Open. Australian Open's on. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> where the Melbourne tennis is. Do you guys have tennis over here? <laughs> it's like the Australian Wimbledon. <laughs> we call it Melbourne tennis. It's
3: a beautiful thing. Um, when he was a teenager, he slept with his Bible and prayed of becoming a singer.
4: Uh, OK, is that how it works? Well, yeah. clearly, yeah, he sounds great. Yeah.
3: The first time his family noticed his singing talent was during the Christmas holidays when Bublé was 13 years old and they heard him powerfully sing the phrase May your days be merry and bright. It was so powerful. The family was singing in the car and he blew them away with his power. Uh-
4: it would be annoying as parents for your 13-year-old to be a better singer than you. Oh, yeah. That's a tough day.
3: Yeah, if I have talented like kids, I'll be com- furious.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is that one? Of, like, I understand when they get taller than you or get stronger than you or something, but when they sing better than you? Yeah. yeah? Is
3: that one? When you have the voice of an angel like me, um, <laughs> anyone beyond that is a threat.
0: I think when a baby's born, they can sing better than me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, they've already trumped you. Uh, the weather
0: outside is frightful.
4: Imagine that for two hours over Michael Bublé. People have paid like $200 to be there, and you're just yelling it. That's like the worst out of most bums there's lives.
3: Most bums there's
4: lives. No, most of mums that have paid 200 bucks and Matt Stewart singing over the top. Oh, fantastic.
3: I'd pay good money for that. Um, anyway. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. His um his grandfather was a plumber and offered free plumbing to a nightclub in exchange for some stage time for his sixteen year old grandson. Oh, that's a good granddad. And
4: that's actually how we got this gig tonight. Um,
3: I'll
4: be cleaning a few toilets after the show.
3: <laughs> At the time, he performed under the very cool stage name Mickey Bubbles. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty cool, Mickey Bubbles. His grandfather paid for his singing lessons and he supported Michael's dream. This is a quote from him. He says, "My grandfather was really my best friend growing up. He was the one who opened up op- opened me up to the whole world of music that seemed to have passed over my my generation. Although I like rock and roll and modern music, the first time my granddad played me the Mills Brothers, something magical happened."
0: What what happened? I don't understand what the crap... Some people over there are reacting like something weird's happening. What am I missing here? He's
3: having a nice moment with his grandfather.
0: And they're like... Oh. <laughs> it's freaking him out. Yeah. yeah, that's right. In other countries, people...
3: they just... No, they just... Show
0: emotion to each other.
3: <laughs> yeah. I know it's a foreign concept. Um, I think they're just waiting for... I've been for... watching The Crown. <laughs> <laughs> the, Mummy! They're, they're waiting for the next sentence to be... And his grandfather touched him. Um... <laughs> That's not the case, so
0: calm down. Apart from in his heart. Yeah. And in his pipes.
4: (laughs) (laughs) He's a
3: great plumber. Great (laughs) plumber. That was his his paternal grandfather. His maternal grandfather was a little less supportive, saying he would most likely end up being someone's opening act in Vegas. (laughs) Still good. How that be? Imagine that. That'd be great. Holy shit. So
4: he must have thought he was pretty good then. Yeah. Still.
3: Oh, you'll succeed. Sure. You'll, you'll play consistently in Vegas. Sure. So good luck to you. Thank you, Grandad. In 1993, a local talent agent called Beverly Delich held a contest at the Big Bamboo in Vancouver. Um, and young Michael got on stage and sang It Had To Be You, and the whole nightclub went crazy. Um, He was the clear winner, but there was a hitch. Uh, He was only 18 and not even allowed in the club. (laughs) So he was disqualified for being underage. But Beth thought, this kid's got it. Um, So she entered him in the Canadian Youth Talent Search, which he won, and he asked her to be his manager. And she represented him for the next seven years, and she got him any gig they could get their hands on. Clubs, conventions, cruise ships, hotel lounges, shopping malls, talent shows, anything. Obviously, his most famous work is two uncredited appearances on The X Files in 1996. Whoa! We all remember that, obviously. The X Files. Yeah, he played a submarine crew member. I remember that! (laughs) Yeah, that
0: was was Boobs. Wow! (laughs) Is that that (laughs) show? Am I doing
1: that right?
4: Am I saying that right? <laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah. You, you can sing better than a baby.
1: Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Fuck>. <laughs> he, uh, he met multi-Grammy award-winning producer and record executive David Foster at a wedding that Bublé was singing at. David Foster, if you don't know, worked with Madonna, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, Celine Dion, Barbara Streisand and Cher. So, a few... Notable people also there.
0: Also a world champion woodchopper. Might be a different one, but...
3: Um... Why do you know the name of a famous woodchopper? Why do you not? He's yeah. an Australian hero. You're right. That was embarrassing for me. Um... <laughs> David Foster was reluctant to sign Michael Bublé to his uh, record label because he didn't know how to market this kind of music. <laughs> All right. Um... But Bublé was persistent, Clingy, Um, (laughs) and eventually Foster agreed to produce an album for him if he raised $500,000 to cover the cost of production. Oh, fair deal,
0: yeah. Yeah. Just give us half a mil, then I'll probably figure it out. Then I'll out. figure it out for you.
3: Um but he did. He managed to actually raise 500000 dollars I think he got funding from somebody else. I not didn't care that much. I reckon um,
4: most record labels would tell you would take you on if you gave them half a million
3: dollars. Do you reckon? Yeah. Is that all it takes? Yes. Can we do an album? I reckon. Do we have half a
0: million dollars? No. Oh. <laughs>
4: Alright, that's our next Patreon goal. If we raise uh, half, half a million, million dollars, we will approach Universal for a deal.
3: We will be selling T-shirts tonight. If you want an album, buy ten of them. Um, his self-titled debut album was released in 2003 and the album went to the top ten in Canada, here in the UK, South Africa, and reached at number one in Australia. We were him. mad for it. The middle-aged...
0: <laughs>
3: middle-aged mums of Australia were frothing over him. So, you
0: reacted like that because you were assuming she meant frothing in the pants. She meant at the mouth.
3: Like rabid dogs.
1: It well, was a weird both phenomenon. Are
3: true. <laughs> in November 2003, he released a Christmas EP called Let It Snow, containing five previously unreleased tracks that peaked at number 56 on the Billboard 200, and the title track reached the top 40 of Australia's single chart. Fuck, we love him so much. Um, <laughs> 2003 was a. When did, you said
0: previously unreleased tracks, you mean by him? He doesn't do any previously unreleased tracks. He's a covers artist.
3: He has originals. I hate that I'm defending him. Um, well, no, you're,
0: I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing that. No,
3: but he does have, he does have his own s- songs as well. He just also name covers what? some. Name one. Fuck you. Um,
0: I think but, that was CeeLo <laughs> <C>. Green. <laughs>
3: Good song I played the, the forget you version at my 21st because my grandma was there <laughs> thought fuck you might give her a heart attack um, 2003 it was a very big year for him as well he also played a lounge singer on, on an episode of days of our lives I remember that <laughs> <laughs> and he just went he's <laughs> <laughs> a
4: lounge singer taking a request TV themes only.
3: (laughs) After Days of Our Lives, he went from strength to strength, going on to appear in a commercial for Starbucks Frappuccino Line. Beautiful. Only the best for bloobs. Bloobs? (laughs) I'm a little bit drunk. Um, Over the next few years, he released several albums. It's Time, Call Me Irresponsible and Crazy Love, but who cares? Because in 2011, he released his fifth studio album called Christmas. Christmas debuted at number two in Australia, and the album has since been certified double platinum by the Arias. <laughs> double platinum. What does that mean?
4: Uh, 140,000 copies. Yeah. 40 it... oh, much. <laughs> 42, yeah.
3: Return 40 return... much. <laughs> 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 he sold 910,000 copies. It hit number one. Uh, for
0: 910 d- in the world or in Australia. In Australia. That's, our population, Like that's like one in... A certain amount. (laughs) That's like nearly one in twenty, I think. That's wild. That's crazy. Dave, can you fact check?
4: Well, I mean, it's slightly less impressive than that. That's why I said
0: nearly. (laughs) Right?
4: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Allegedly.
3: Well, that album has reached number one in December of 2011, 2012, 2013 and
0: 2014. That, that's in just in Australia.
3: Yeah. I didn't know he was an Australian
0: phenomenon.
3: We love him. Phenomenon. Phenomenon. <laughs> 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 that's
1: fun. <laughs>
3: so, all those years up to 2014... <laughs> It got pipped in 2015 by Adele.
1: Ah, Boo. she's from here, isn't she? Surname? Yeah. Who knows? It's yeah, we'll never know. We'll she's, never know her
0: If you
4: don't know, she's kind of like your Michael Bublé, you know? <laughs> oh, I'm Adele!
0: I'm Adele.
3: <laughs> Fuck you! That's my thing. Now go on, do it again.
0: Oh, no, yours is, yours is better.
3: Don't, be, be, don't be cute. Don't. <laughs> Stop it. No, stop know. it at once. Stop, don't you, do the toe thing. You stop it. Matthew? Matthew? I yeah.
0: just want to be involved, but... <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah.
3: Stop that. You stop being so cutie pie. <laughs> so, yeah, Adele pipped him. Um, we'll never know her surname. And... Then um, it was number two in 2016. Number one again in 2017. What? What are we doing? sold over a million copies in the UK in 2011. It was the second highest selling album. Again, Adele got him. <laughs> number one. But you he was number two. Yeah. yeah,
1: But
4: where is she now?
3: You know, I don't know. No one knows.
4: No one knows her does last it, name or who her
3: Because <laughs> I'd like to pay her a visit. Um, the album was also accompanied by an NBC television special, A Michael Bublé Christmas. It's not creative, but... It was viewed by more than 7 million viewers in the US and 1.5 million viewers in Canada. There was also a UK special which featured guest appearances from uh, a UK special, sorry. Uh, Guest appearances from Dawn French. There was a duet performance with both Kelly Rowland and Gary Barlow from Take That. (laughs) (laughs) And a cooking tutorial. So, you know, normal Christmas stuff. And if you thought that was the greatest Christmas special of all time, well, you'd be wrong. Uh, because in 2013, he did another Christmas special, and his guests included Mariah Carey, <laughs> Mary J. Blige, and Cookie Monster. The big three. He got, he got Cookie Monster. People said he couldn't do it, but he did it. Um, last year, he was on Graham Norton, and Graham mentioned that the Christmas album has been number one in Australia every year since 2011. And Michael Bublé says this, he goes, yeah, it's crazy when you think Australia, but like Christmas is so huge there.
0: We love it, honestly.
1: What
3: kind of caveman bullshit does he think we are? He's like, yeah, they have, they have Christmas, it's crazy. He's like, it's different.
1: Well, it
0: means we have Christmas in the back of a ute, right? uh, We'll have a barbecue, we'll have a few dingoes around, and we'll... We'll shoot a couple of roos, and we'll have a bloody good shindig. okay? You wouldn't understand up here with all your fancy bloody snow and hats. (laughs) Honestly, open your eyes and come down for a true blue Aussie uh, shindiggy doo doo doo. Do you black out from every him? now and then? They just they they nearly always bail me out, and occasionally they just give me enough rope, and I like they've done it, and they still let me talk Still now.
3: That's my reporter, Michael Bublé. <laughs> let him talk again. Okay.
4: That does bring us to the end of another Christmas special. Are you all feeling festive after that? <laughs> I know I am. I'm pumped for Christmas. This podcast oh. is part of the Planet
3: <laughs> Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com
0: for more podcasts Beautifully done, mates. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't you. even drop things this right.
3: <laughs> Nailed
0: it. Well, we haven't talked about how we're going to finish this show. Maybe thank some people and then we'll obviously sing our way out of it. <laughs>
1: Uh, out.
4: <laughs> Fortunately, it won't be us singing. We have two guests tonight. Please welcome Adele and
0: Michael Bublé. Oh yeah. Imagine.
3: <laughs> Imagine if they walked out. You'd lose your fucking mind.
0: There was genuinely half a second where I thought we'd organise two. <laughs> When he said Adele, I'm like, maybe. If only he said Bublé, I'm like, there's no way. We, could have, we couldn't have got him. We could get Adele, we can't get Bublé.
4: <laughs> That's our level. That is our level. Yeah. Uh, but that just brings us to the end of the episode. My goodness, thank you so much for coming out to this fantastic venue here in uh, London. We have a big round of applause for 229 The Venue. <laughs> Everyone has been very, very nice. Alessandro on sound, thank you so much. What a guy. Thank you so much for coming out, London. What an absolute pleasure it's been to do a couple of shows here this afternoon and this evening. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas, and until next week, I'll say thank you and goodbye! Bye. 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 Christmas. Oh, Christmas, Christmas, what a wonderful time of the year it is!
3: It's the
0: most wonderful time of the year that was that episode.
3: What a delightful crowd!
0: Honestly, I'm crying tears of Christmas joy right now.
3: Yeah, you. Yeah, you're right.
0: I'm weeping.
3: Yeah, I know. I'm
0: weeping with Christmas delight. Are you okay? Ow! I've got custard and eggnog streaming out my eyes,
3: Matt. I think I'm haunted. <laughs> Do we need to get you to a hospital? Well, an
0: exorcist hospital, A sure. Christmas hospital, yes. A Christmas exorcist hospital. Hospice. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah, okay. And get me some pudding. I think
3: that's the thing it all That's the cure.
0: Yeah, but I don't like pudding.
3: Who likes Christmas
0: pudding? It's yuck. It is it's gross. The only thing about Christmas I don't like. The Christmas pudding? I'll take every other bit of it.
4: Really? Yeah, I'm not a big Christmas pudding fan. I like chocolate pudding.
0: Yeah, now I'm listening. Christmas pudding. Put it away.
3: No good. Get no. it out of here.
0: Put it away, not into my guts.
3: My mum rolls them up into little balls, then puts white chocolate on top, and then some little like jellies to make them look like mistletoe or holly. It's very cute. That's cute. Um, they look cute. Still won't eat them.
0: Oh, I reckon they look cute. And then you can throw them against a brick wall, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Perkins. They are calling you Mrs. Perkins.
3: Can't tell you how cute they are. They're, oh my god, so oh, cute! So cute. So and cute. such good weapons. Adorable against annoying cousins at Christmas lunch. Get them. Get them.
0: Anyway, that's my family Foods. tradition. Beautiful tradition. Mm. I love tradition.
3: Well, we have a tradition
4: here at uh, Do Go On, and that is every single week we thank people on Patreon.
0: We do, and the first one we like to do is the fact, quote, or question segment, which has a bit of a jingle that goes like this:
3: Fact, quote, or question,
0: and ding. in it. Thank was you. that on time this Perfect, time? Perfect, yes. Thank you. It was so on time that I spoke over it and I apologise for that. Uh, but I I would love to get into it. Uh, we have two to get through. It's where uh, Patreon gives us a fact, a quote, or a question, uh, which we will either read out the question, we'll answer the quote, or we'll beguile you with the fact. Is that right? Yep. <laughs> and um, before people get on Twitter, I know I said that the wrong order. So... <laughs> Um, God, we, we, um we, we, actually, oh, never we really mind. Don't, we don't see Twitter as a very positive place lately. Twitter Twitter, Twitter, on Twitter, Twitter, Twitter,
3: isn't a positive place. Twitter's gross and awful.
0: I love it and hate it. Unless big
3: it. tweet are listening. I love yeah, it and hate right. it and
0: love it and hate it. Uh, but firstly, uh, the way you can do this is go to patreon.com slash to go on pod and you can support us there on the Sydney Scheinberg level. Uh, rest in peace.
4: Of course. Uh, it's a bit of a VIP level.
0: Yeah, it is a VIP level. And... Uh, this week on that level is Jacob Lane, who's given us a quote and also given himself the title of the official Simpsons reference auditor, bracket, still bracket. That, he, that actually is
4: his official title.
0: Yes. If, you, uh, if you're if you on the Facebook group, you'll know that every week Jacob audits our episode and he'll tell us which Simpsons fo- uh, quotes have been said. and uh, Who said them and what they're referenced to what episode. And he'll give it a score it seems like a lot of work, actually, and it's very much appreciated. Yeah, we totally appreciate that. So
4: that's on the Patreon-only uh, Facebook group, if you are looking for that, and uh, you can join it if you support the show on Patreon, and we thank Jacob Land for the great work he does.
0: does fantastic work. We got to meet him when we did a live show in Perth. That's uh, right, he uh, helped us
4: score our Patreon bonus episode. Yeah.
0: A lot of fun. Anyway, he's given us a quote, and his quote is this, Simpsons scandal update. Homer sleeps nude in an oxygen tent, which he claims gives him sexual powers. I noticed you guys have been slipping a bit on the Simpsons references, and quite frankly, that's not good enough. So I decided to drop my own in to make sure we meet our quota for the next financial year.
4: Hey, that's only half true. That's a response to that quote. Thank you so much, uh, Jacob, for getting more Simpsons references
0: in. That is very good. I wonder if we got any references in the Christmas episode. Who can say? Jacob can. Jacob can and Jacob will will. tell us. He'll be auditing. Thank you so much. On the Facebook group. Thank you so much for that, Jacob, you goddamn legend. And I'd also love to thank uh, Soph Waldron, who's given us a question. uh, And she's also keeping her title of live show photographer.
3: She is always there to take photos for people at our live shows in Melbourne.
4: Thank you so much, Soph.
3: You take a great snap. And one time in London.
0: Takes a great snap. Uh, and she asks a great question. I assume. Let's read it together. <laughs> okay. What? Uh, what is a topic that one of the others has reported on that you wish you'd thought of first, or w- you'd wish you'd thought to do first? Oh, ah. okay. Good question. Good question, well asked, and uh, by me, but also by you. Well written by yourself as well. Um, good question. I. I've got an answer. Yeah. And that
4: is way back in the day I'd always I'd early on hoped to do the Titanic, which Jess covered and at the time I was a bit like, Oh damn, this is such a good one, I wish I'd done it. But then you smashed it out of the park. It was probably one of your longest reports ever, Jess. Was,
3: yeah, that
0: doesn't mean I did well. <laughs>
3: no, <laughs> I liked that.
0: That's how you can tell if something's good. It was long. No, but I mean,
4: the the research was very, very uh, was in depth. intricate on that episode, which it's such obviously a big topic. There's a lot written about it. And uh, I was very impressed. So I wouldn't change it if I could. But at the time, when you said the topic, I was a bit like, damn, I love yeah. this one.
3: I You did that. It was vice versa as well when you did The Queen.
0: I was singing The Queen as yeah. well. Oh. Yeah. The queen. Maybe it's only now because I'm watching The Crown sure. that I would I would love to have done The Queen. It's, it's an
3: interesting story.
0: Yeah, and I should listen to that episode again because I can't remember anything of it, which is good because I've been finding The uh, Crown to be interesting like I'm hearing all this stuff for the first oh, that's time. that's good. Because it's basically a documentary.
4: <laughs> um, the one I, other one I really wish I did was uh, Riverdance. Oh. Fuck you! Can't believe you beat me to my passion. Fuck you! <laughs>
3: <laughs> I that wish it had me. been on in Dublin. I would have dragged your sorry little ass there. I would
4: have enjoyed it live. I'm sure.
3: No, you wouldn't. I get into a show. I get into a show. I get into a show. Okay. I love it. I love getting I into love a show. I think
0: the Beatles being one of my favourite bands is another one I would have loved to have done. Yeah,
3: I butchered a couple of the classics. I'm not saying butchered. No, we... I'm just saying that's the no, topic like, that I love. Those are early ones for me, so I would love to go back and redo them because I don't think they were very good.
0: I remember them both being great.
3: Well, anyway. We're just scrolling through question.
4: a few of the uh, episodes now, so just to make sure we're not missing any.
0: Yeah, there'd be... I'm sure there'd be a. Oh, bunch. there'd
3: be so many, yeah. Those are just the ones that come to mind straight off the bat, yeah. but there'd definitely be heaps.
0: But yeah, I reckon. Yeah, the Beatles would be something because I, I. I know quite a bit about them but it's the kind of I, sometimes I like doing a report because it's a great excuse to just learn yeah. heaps yeah, the because I think you do learn more doing the report than. yeah for sure good. you
4: become like a mini expert just for that week and then you sort of you know yeah, you some d- of it does fall away drop but... a
0: lot of the info out of your brain mm. um but, yeah, thanks so much for your support, Soph Waldron. Thanks, Soph. Thank you. And, Jess, I'd like to underline the fact I was not having a go at those reports. No, no. Because <laughs> I don't remember them. No, me either. I but just remember them being I great. I assume
3: they weren't great because it was the early days, you know. Now I'm a master.
0: That's true. That's so true. you have grown. I've grown, grown so much. Uh, I would also love to st- uh, start thanking some patrons. That's another reward you can get at the patreon.com slash Pod. is the reward of, of being shattered out. Sh- sh- shat? did say sound like you said shattered out. Shattered. We will shut you out. <laughs> at a certain price, we will shut you out. We'll yeah, eat you up and you'll be shat. price. Um, For a much lower price, we will shout you out. Yeah, we'll just say your name. Uh, and Jess normally gives us a little bit of a game. You're, there's all sorts of different rewards. You get bonus episodes every mm. month, as well as uh, a- access into that Facebook group, like we discussed before, and many, many other things. Jess does a somewhat regular... <laughs> um, Newsletter.
3: Has fallen a bit behind, uh, especially while we've been overseas, because I can't really keep track of what day it is. Um, but I will get back into that properly. And there's
0: probably not a lot to update them on
3: what No. <laughs> nah. <laughs> we're just doing it on tour.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're, Boring. We're sitting around again. We just we're just driving again. We just a watched a
1: movie. Cool. Yeah. That was our
0: first movie we watched this time. Last yeah. year we watched at least two, because I made us for Prime. That's right. Ace Ventura One
3: and Two. Yeah, and it was some of our happiest memories. We also
4: watched the first ten minutes uh, of, a, of a Batman movie. Do you remember? The oh movie? Yeah, all yeah, so bad. But also,
3: we watched we watched Ace Ventura at our crappest accommodation last year, which didn't have a living room, so we had to like all pile oh, into right. Matt's room and watch it. And the
4: TV was the size of a laptop screen. Anyway. Yeah, and you
3: and I were on this shitty little couch. Oh, that was horrendous! If you want
0: any of the results of that, there's a mates <laughs> episode where Dave and Jess, especially, but also me, a bit shat on two beloved Jim Carrey films. Yeah, yeah.
4: we shat Jim Carrey out that week. Sorry about that. <laughs> he yeah. paid
0: top dollar, so we had we were obliged to do we it. We shat him out. Uh, but firstly, let's thank out, thank out, and shit out, and mm-hmm. shout out, and shout out Jeez. some of our Patreon. Oh, supporters. deluxe reviews. treatment this week. <laughs> we're giving them the big three. Uh, do you want me to kick it off? Yeah. Well, I'd love to thank from our hometown of Melbourne, Victoria. Melbourne. Luke Reeves. Luke Reeves. Oh, Luke Have Reeves. you given us the game
3: we're oh, going to play, no. Papa? It's got to be what, something Christmasy, right? christmas What about Luke Reeves?
0: Oh, give him a Christmas name. So, okay. This oh, is going I like to re- that.
3: That oh, might be hard.
4: No, I'm happy to give it a crack. All right, and it's cool. probably going to get worse as we go on. Yeah, and definitely.
0: Is, is he, what is he? Is he uh, like a Christmassy character, sort of like Jack Frost? No, and- he is a wreath. <laughs> Matt, I mean, if you have to ask. I turned so him Luke, into a wreath. Luke wreath. He's a wreath. It's just on someone's door. So, I mean, if people don't know what a wreath is, how are you is, saying it? You like that it? Why are you saying it's it like, like a that? Round like it's
3: oh, he's just on someone's door. What an red honor!
0: Leafy thing. One of the great symbols of Christmas. I think everyone knows what a wreath That's is. The complete circle, signifying the completeness. Of the Christmas spirit. And yeah. the
4: completeness that Luke makes us feel. Yeah. That's
3: that's huge and a really important position. So, yeah, he's just on someone's door, Matt. No, Merry His Christmas, door, the Luke. Queen's? Yes! Oh, my God. He's the Queen's Christmas wreath. That
0: is an honor.
4: That's important. Yeah, you get it. Is it on Buckingham Palace's door?
3: Wow. Yeah, it's huge. Holy moly. So, congrats to you, Luke probably wreath. Probably pissed on by a corg. <laughs>
4: We saw Windsor Castle from the the motorway today, so we're pretty royal. I didn't look up. Fair enough.
3: What were you doing? On your phone?
4: He was watching the crown.
0: <laughs> 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 Too busy watching the crown, sorry. I don't know if that what? bullshit is out the I don't window. Care with don't care. No, I couldn't. I tried to look. I couldn't see it. Was oh it, no! Was it obvious? It was very big. I didn't want to make a big deal out of it, but I couldn't see <laughs> it. It was very nice. You couldn't see it. No. Why not? I don't know. I just couldn't see. It was, I was on the wrong Jess,
1: side You saw of the it. Car. You.
4: Were, Jess was driving and she saw it, mate.
0: But I was on the
3: wrong. side. It was side. so big, though, mate. It's a big castle. Oh, I couldn't see. Did you not have your glasses past on? You. And you can move. I can't move. We're in a moving car. You can car. move your head around. I, well, I slightly bobbled. You missed it. That's I okay. It. That's all right. You tried. Is there a picture of it online I could Definitely, find? Definitely, yes. Oh, well, then it's
1: fine.
3: do about it,
0: Dave.
4: <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm Dave happy. Is, I saw it. Saw, I even saw the Luke wreath on the on the oh, front yeah. door. Yep. So
0: that's where she lives. What's Buckingham Palace about then? Oh, you know, you got to
4: have a London residence, man. Oh, yeah,
0: you've got, just got a few different spots. And then there's Balmoral. Yep, I think. Oh
4: God, so is that Scottish one too? Yeah,
0: she's got them all. I, I've learned a bit from the Crown. That rings. She a owns bell. billions
4: of dollars of stuff.
0: Give it back. <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon? Yeah, it's ours probably. Ours, give yours, back to the people, yours and mine, the people of Britain. Oh, that's not us. Oh, that's not don't us. Don't fight then. for give them. Give it back to them.
3: No, Matt. That's not none of your business. None of my business. <laughs> I don't have
0: a. I don't have a dog in this fight. Come on, mate. Come on, everybody. Anyway, thank you so much, Luke <laughs> Reeves. Sorry, Luke Reeves. Reef. I'd also love to thank, also from Melbourne, uh, Victoria. We miss it there. I'm crying a single tear of custard. <laughs> Rum-soaked custard. I've been overeating, to be honest. Uh, and I would love to thank, from Melbourne, Benjamin Faccione. Oh, wow. I feel like you nailed it. That sounded great. Say it again. Benjamin Faccioni. Or Facchone, maybe. <laughs> okay. Can you have uh, a look at that? What do you reckon? Faccioni. No. Oh, I can
4: even nail it, yeah.
3: Laccione.
0: Okay, well, what do you give, him the gift? give him the gift of a, a nickname, Dave. Christmassy. Or Benjamin
3: fa la 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 la, la, la yes. Yeah!
4: Saved it. Thank you so much, Bob. <laughs> fa, la la. So fa like, la 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 la, like, la I like that you
3: just, from across the room, saw my face go... <gasps> and you're yeah, like, oh, I, saw, I saw your eyes light up. She got it.
0: That's great. Well, so... Benjamin, this Christmas is bringing the gift of song.
3: La 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 la, Tiony.
0: La, la la la. It sounds like Babe the Pig. Yeah. Which is a reference he will understand as an Australian, <laughs> assuming he's older than me. Or younger. Or younger than me. <laughs> would you like to thank some of these fine
3: people? Can I thank some people? Yes, please. I would love to thank from Sydney. Oh. New South Wales. It's a real Aussie.
0: Australia.
3: I would love to thank Patrick Weller.
0: Oh, Patrick Weller. Patrick Patrick Weller
3: Weller.
0: See, these people are going to be shouting something at their phones right now, like Hmm. uh, magic. Okay,
4: fella, which is
0: another name for Santa. Yes, the magic
3: fella. Magic fella.
1: fella. (laughs) <laughs> Magic oh, they're girl. getting worse with everyone <laughs>
3: Dave did say that would happen I told you, I predicted this I peaked with wreath
4: I'm doing this, I've actually got a better one But I want them to get be- worse Oh, oh you've oh, got no, a better get, one we'll Oh, I've actually, um I've got a brackets.
3: way better one,
4: so no no, 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 I'll spare you Magic fella's good
3: Fuck you, you have nothing I've got nothing
0: Oh, <laughs> right. Don't take this from me Um, Saint Nick instead of Patrick Saint Nick
4: mm-hmm. Saint Nick fella uh. <laughs>
0: Saint Nick stocking fella. Okay, like instead of filler. Yeah, I got it. I'm saying it with an accent. Oh, Stucking stocking fella. fella. A stocking fella. Saint Nick stocking fella. Fella.
1: <laughs> fella! fella. All right. Those are I several know, options now, for you.
0: Uh, problem is now they're getting better. Yeah. Mm, one. That right.
3: Oh, on that's software. why Dave held back his awesome one that he definitely thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Dave,
0: what go on. Let us have it.
3: No nobody goes. said it. It's fella. Fella. <laughs> <laughs> Um, thank you very much, Patrick. Sorry about that. And I'd also like to thank from Maple Shade, New Jersey. New
0: Jersey throwing a bit of maple shade.
3: I would love to thank John Machicon. Machicon.
0: Wow. Machicon.
3: John Machicon. Okay.
0: Dave, you haven't given us anything. Since yeah, though. Dave. Could you lift? I thought this would be
1: if they You love this kind
0: titles,
4: of bullshit. You'd
3: be
1: all over
4: it. Yeah, there were sexy titles, but we're not going there. Um. All, all I can think of is that... Oh, no, what about Bon Bon? That's what I was going yeah. with. I going to okay. go Con instead of Bon.
0: John could be Bon Bon. Yes. And then what are you doing to match Con?
3: Or you were thinking Matcha Bon Bon. Matcha Bon Bon.
0: Oh, Matcha Bon Bon. Matcha Bon Bon.
3: Matcha Bon Bon. I like it. Okay. Jolly matcha bonbon.
0: Jolly matcha bonbon. Now,
3: great.
4: That's
0: that's perfect. <laughs> Jolly match. Uh, we've reversed I'm, the trend. We're now getting better with each one. I'm so good at these. So good.
3: It's crazy how good I am at it. I can't believe how.
0: <laughs> geez, John must be full of the joy of Christmas yeah, right now. Just
3: pull him apart. Pull he'll him explode apart. goodness. He'll, he'll
0: explode joy. So thanks, John. Well, thanks, John. And Merry Christmas. Jokes.
3: Dave, would you like to thank some people?
4: It's, and Christmas is all about bad jokes. What do you think? When you open a bonbon, there's terrible jokes inside. People love them. Yes. Yeah. They love them. That's the good shit. I would like to thank from uh, Tingalpa in Queensland. Another oh, Aussie Another Aussie. Aussie. Tingalpa, Queensland. I don't know what that is, but I like the name of it. Yeah. And could this be Brett Lee?
0: Uh, Brett Lee's in Sydney. He's uh, in what was Tony Abbott's electorate, I think, as he went out and um, campaigned but for But this
3: Brett Lee is definitely still a human being. Yes, exists. I, I Actually,
0: I know because I, I, I clicked on his... He tweeted it at us at, at some point and I clicked on his link. I was saying, is that Brett Lee? And it's, his bio is, no, not that Brett Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for not I, the cricketer. Yeah, the
4: cricketer is what, what we're referring to. But Brett Lee, we love you more than the other Brett Lee. You're our number one. Yes. Christmas Lee sort of tree.
0: Oh great. Christmas Lee so You've changed Brett to Christmas and Lee yeah. to Lee. No tree to Lee. You've changed so his name was originally Brett Tree. And you've changed I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, sorry,
3: we're not changing them to famous cricket players' names. His name was originally Christmas Tree Christmas and Lee. we changed it to <laughs> Brett Lee. <laughs> yeah, we we're, we're
4: gonna change your Christmas sounding name <laughs> into cricket sounding names. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Christmas Lee. That's um, probably the worst one. Let's see if so we can bring it
1: home. <laughs> I really thought
0: David would be good at this. <laughs> hey,
1: he's <laughs> so bad. Oh,
4: come on, guys. Is
3: there like
0: Lee? It's <sighs> like sort of close to Sled or sleigh Slee. Sleigh? Slee. Brett, Brett, Brett Slee. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think Lee's
4: closer to the tree than Lee is to slay. <laughs> In my defence.
3: Sure, but you've still just made him Christmas Lee. Christmas
1: <laughs> Lee is so <laughs> bad. It's so bad. <laughs> it's offensively <laughs> bad. <laughs> this man... <laughs>
4: Christmas to be
1: debt-free.
4: <laughs> <laughs> everyone wants that. Everyone wants
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> Is, no, Is debt-free so, for the Christmas like That's
0: what an accountant wanted. That's like <laughs> <laughs> you've taken all the Fucking spirit out of Christmas now. <laughs> debt free. Bradley. Merry de- Christmas. You're-, You're debt free. I would love to hear that on Christmas. Okay. No, that is a beautiful gesture. Bradley is debt free.
4: Uh, or Christmas Lee. Uh, I Christmas mean. Lee.
0: <laughs> your Christmas name is changing your first name to Christmas. I'm leaving your surname the same. <laughs> You're I've come with a Christmas name for you, David Christmas Warnocky. <laughs> Matt,
1: do me, do oh, me Thank you, sir, thank <laughs> you
0: uh, Jess, you are now Christmas
3: Perkins <laughs> What's your Christmas name, Matt?
0: Uh,
4: I don't think Matt's can be done Matt's can't be done
0: Christmas Stewart. I don't know uh, Christmas <laughs> <laughs> Where have We have uh, fucking lost it the... I'm so sorry, Brett. Hopefully, you'll forgive us with the Christmas spirit now within you—the the, Christmas Lee spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and who would we like to finally thank? Finally, going to bring it home now
4: uh, from Hillsborough, Oregon. I would like to thank, in the USA, of course, Brian V. Douglas, Ooh, like Christmas fight, Douglas, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Christmas Brian,
3: Brian V. Douglas, Brian Douglas. Brian
0: Douglas. <laughs> um, uh, what about... Uh, oh, uh, I've got one. Yeah. A
4: good Christmas message is this Christmas, try and be drugless.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> don't, don't <laughs> take drugs over the Christmas
4: Christmas period, guys.
3: Any other time, yeah. take drugs. But come on, are hanging out with your what family? About
0: try and be drugless, especially if you're out in the road. Egg, try and be drugless. Eggnog... In a mugless. Yes. (laughs) That's good too. That's good.
3: You take your choice there, Brian.
0: They're two very good options. And both so far better than Christmas Lee, (laughs) which we cannot (laughs) apologise for enough. Well, if you can think of a better one,
4: guys, write in. We would love to uh, tweet our good friend Brett Lee and point him in the direction of some proper Christmas
0: names. Yes, that'd be really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that... Thank you so much to Brian, Brett, John, Patrick, Benjamin, and Luke. Oh, not only very Aussie, a very blokey section of, uh, of Patreon shoutouts this week. And to all a good night. And to all a good night. And, yeah, I really do wish that you all have the very best Christmas of all time this 2019. Uh, and we also like to thank, at the end of our episodes, a new section we've got, uh the triptych Club, which is mm. Patreon supporters who've been on the shout-out level or above for three-plus years. And I think I might have forgotten last week's, and I've possibly forgotten next week's, thinking ahead. And I'm going to thank uh, a few weeks' worth, which isn't too many, to be honest. But welcome these great people into the triptych Club we have from... Yaguna. We've got Tanya Miles from Putnam Valley. Adam Giambattista, from Umina Beach. Jared Gear from London. Chris Tostevin from Yarraville. August James from Stafford. We've got Isaac Moore from Hamburg. Jana or Jana Nickel from Farmington. Dane Laguerre, from Dallas. Michael McDowell and from Welwyn, We've got James Cahuzac. And finally, from Binghampton, Richard Schubert. Uh,
3: thank you so much, you absolute legends. Thank
0: you all those people. Three years strong. So cool. Thank you so much for all your support. Um, basically been there since the beginning. Christmas 2016, so or pre-Christmas 2016. Mm. So cool. Thank you so much. It means so much to us. You keep this show running. And we goddamn love you. I don't want to speak for you two, but I, I certainly do love you. I'll
3: second that. I'm fond of you.
0: <laughs> fond you. View. Fond you. Fond you. Yeah. Christmas fond you. Is that anything? <laughs> I think Dave? so. Yeah, for me that is. Uh, All right. No. I haven't cried laugh for a long time. Yeah, I don't fun. think since those dogs... <laughs> What happened to the dog with the dog, I'm dogs? not going to tell If you want to find out about what happened to those dogs, <laughs> listen to the marathon episode on Patro- the Patreon bonus episode that made me cry with joy and bafflement. Yeah, both of those things. Well, that brings us to the end of another fantastic Christmas episode. Um, there's... Christmas episodes over the last few years as well, if you want to get on a Christmas binge. I've heard a few listeners do a, a Christmas tradition of listening to all of our old Christmas episodes, which is kind of nice.
4: So we talked about uh, Krampus the first year.
0: Uh, no, the history of Santa Claus, I think, the first year. Second oh, right. Year was Krampus. That's right, yeah. And then we've done Christmas Mysteries live the last couple of oh, years. Oh, yeah. So
1: this is our fifth
4: Christmas special. Fifth Christmas special. And Amazing.
0: There's also a couple on Patreon bonus episodes. A couple of years ago, I did one about the the... The it? Yule lads, the Yule lads, Yuletide lads That's from Iceland. Right. Uh, we and we did another one where we got <laughs> a, an episode where we pretended to be a Sad. Christmas radio yeah. station, which I have very little recollection of. Me
3: too. I did voices.
0: Yeah, we did boys. We had fun. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I hope. If not, if if it's not fun, then why? Anyway, Dave, start wrapping this up. I'm mumbling. Oh, yeah, check out all that
4: stuff at patreon.com slash dogoonpod, all the bonus episodes. Um, you can check us out on social media. All the links to everything we talk about is on our website, dogoonpod.com. But if you just want to type us into your app, we are at dogoonpod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We've got a YouTube channel. We've got videos coming out. And, uh, yeah, why not uh, drop us a line, dogoonpod at gmail.com. But for another krishmish... I guess that's it.
1: That's it. Yeah.
0: I thank, Thanks, everyone, for being with us this year. I love Christmas. I love you. Hope you have the best Christmas ever. Obviously, we've got a couple more episodes coming out before Christmas. That's right. We're not
4: going to be taking a break. We never do. We never stop. We can't.
0: Can't stop. Won't stop.
4: As soon as we stop, we'll die. We're a bit like a... Um... Shark. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. We're like
0: a <laughs> shark who's had a bomb strapped to it that yes. makes it have to go at and, least and we've activated yeah, the 50 miles per hour 50 miles per hour
4: <laughs> gotta stay above 50 uh, but yeah thanks so much for the support over the year it's been uh, absolutely fantastic we'll be back next week with another episode but until then we'll say Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Merry Christmas and I'll say goodbye Later. bye